Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. A hundred and twenty Jewish followers in one room. Just close your eyes and picture it. Picture what this is all about. Jesus had ascended and he had told them, do not leave Jerusalem. Wait. Some were despairing. Think about it. Jesus was Some were wondering what's going to be come of us without him. Apparently it was about two solid months, something like that, between him going and Pentecost. That's quite a period of time. Not a great deal happened. People were a little bit afraid. Keeping a low profile. Think about it. Then on that day, Holy Spirit swept into that room, shook that place. And they were literally changed out from hiding in closed, behind closed doors to boldly preach the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Not even the resurrection of Christ had that kind of effect on the early believers. A hundred and twenty to three thousand in one day. What kind of power? What kind of boldness? We've got to catch it, right? We've got to really catch it. And we will. We will catch it. Now, I'm not going to interrupt for the offering, but please bring your offering. We will pray at the end. I'm just going to go straight through. There's a reason for that. You know, I was over there and... The Lord said, I'm here, you know. I'm here and I'm ready. He's here and he's ready.
when the Spirit of God is allowed to take his rightful place in our lives. His rightful place. His rightful place is that he is fully Lord. Not a bystander. Fully Lord. You see, Jesus is Lord over the church, but the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. And for him to be fully Lord within us, working in us, it means... that we have to allow him it took the infilling with the Holy Spirit to break them out of their fear and timidity once they were filled with the Spirit the spiritual drought turned into a spiritual deluge in one day, 3,000 people were converted from 120. I say again, when the Spirit of the Lord is allowed to have his rightful place in our lives, there will be genuine spiritual power and vitality. Not man-produced energy, but the power of the living God. Amen. Everything that the influence of the Holy Spirit accomplished in the hearts of those believers on the day of Pentecost is available for us today. Mm. Right now, in this moment, as I'm speaking. Mm. There has not been any change in the ministry and power of the Spirit in today's world. Same. When he was poured out, he affected their minds. Some of them were still calmly and worldly minded. Once they received the infilling, they became spiritually minded. They were blessed with the mind of Christ. He affected their hearts. In Acts 15, 8 to 9, when Peter talked about the Gentiles being filled with the Spirit, he declared that their hearts were purified by faith. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, the Jews, and made no distinction between us and then purifying their hearts by faith. When those in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit, they received a new power to proclaim the resurrection of Christ. From a weak, fearful, timid band of believers, they became a dynamic force for God that could not be stopped by the world, the flesh, or the devil. 
They were beaten and thrown into prison. But only death could silence them. We must be captured by this kind of internal motivation until we are willing to die for Christ rather than deny him with our silence. Too often, we fail to be dynamic witnesses for God. I say it, I say it again. The same power is at work in the body. The Lord said to me, the people want to hear what I am going to do in their lives. Is that, is that true? Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. That's what he said. That's what he said. And I said, well, okay. So what I'm going to preach today is called The Rain is Coming. Okay. We are not going to have another Pentecost. It's happened. That's a one-time only event. The Spirit of God is within. It's working in us. To what extent? That's up to us. But that doesn't mean that God cannot do a new thing. I want to encourage you. Can I get the words right? I absolutely want to encourage you with what the Lord is saying. He said this a few days ago. I, the Lord, am calling you all forward. And I put all in inverted commas. All forward. Do not be afraid of this. For you all have a part to play. Do not hold back or stand still. Make progress in heavenly places. This thing about intimacy over this house is major, major, major. Make progress in heavenly places, he says. Come up higher with me. My spirit is going to hold you together. You are one, remember. Just as I and my Father are one, so you are to be one. Make provision for the night, for the day is approaching. We're going to say a little bit. We have to be one. The Spirit of God helps us to unite. It's the same Spirit. It's the same revelation. We get it from the same place. He said, tell them to get ready to enter a new level. You are moving up. You're all very quiet. You're moving up, he said. some scripture. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, and all of us as with 
unveiled face because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit you know God does not do standstill he does not do stagnation he does not do sleeping and slumbering Amen. have you noticed Amen. wake up saints wake up moving up to the next level he said to me I am always advancing my people my church and this ministry so he said my people my church the ecclesia and this ministry always advancing Acts 2, 46 to 47 says, And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose, and in their homes they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. They partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts, constantly praising God and being in favour and goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death daily always advancing his kingdom always advancing his people his church ministry after ministry daily Acts 12, 24. But the word of the Lord concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God continued to grow and spread. I will build my church and the gates of hell and Hades will not prevail against it. Amen. the kingdom of God is alive and well irrespective of what others may say it is alive and it is well the Lord said I do have a plan for what lies ahead but it's characterized by what you do according to my will make sure that you support my will what is God's will? what is your will Lord? what is the will of the Lord? he desires that no man perish That all come into the knowledge of Christ. Amen. That no man should perish. Yeah. 
Jeremiah 29, 11. Wonderful scripture we all know. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you a hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations and all the places to which I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Now that can mean a number of things. But the one thing it means to whichever people you think that's pointed at, God is in control. So the Lord said, I'm going to visit you with my power in very diverse ways. It's going to be a lot of prophetic today. Okay? I'm just giving you it straight, as I've been told. I'm going to visit you with my power in very diverse ways. But you will know that it's me. Just be ready. I'm going to cause you to shine for me. But you must stand up. You must stand up. We must stand up. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Saints, we must stand up for Jesus. Proverbs 18, 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Whatever God has put in you, that you are to be using and should be using, stand up. It's our time. It's our time to stand. It's our time. One Peter four ten to eleven says, As each of you has received a gift, a peculiar spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another. As benefits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favour. Whoever speaks, let him do it 
as one who utters oracles of God. Whoever renders service, let him do it, as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever, through endless ages. Amen. So be it. Use whatever God has given you, first for the household of faith, but also out there to bring them in. I hope I'm preaching to the choir today. You better preach. Don't worry. So the Holy Spirit went on further and he said, I need to highlight a few important things. In the midst of this, I need to highlight a few important things. I said, okay, Lord, what things? Number one, he said, precision in the spirit. Number two, abundance of raw materials. Number three, you will make it through the night. Number four, I've heard it all before. <laughs> number four, I've heard it all before. And number five, looking forward. Those are the five things that the Holy Spirit says I need to highlight some things to you guys. All right. So the first one, number one. Precision in the spirit. What does that mean, Lord? God is not into approximation. Okay? He's not into approximation. He's into accuracy. Real accuracy. Proverbs 16.10 says, A just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work, established on his eternal principles. Accurate is our God. Psalm 18, 30-33 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested and tried. He is a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. The word of God is tested and tried. The spirit of God is saying, the word of God is accurate. Doesn't matter what anyone says. The word of God is the only thing that will remain. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not that. It's accurate, it's precise. And he's saying, precision in the spirit. 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21 says this, Yet first you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation, loosening, solving. 
For no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to do so. It never came by human impulse. But men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. All biblical prophecy is true. All of it. If it's in the word of God and it's been prophetically put that it is true. This is what the Lord is saying today. Okay? And he's saying it for a reason. Because of the state of the world, because of the advancement in technology, because of the so-called knowledge of man, because of astrology, because of magic and all kinds of blackened spiritual outworking. God has to tell his people, my word is true from the beginning and it will not change. Isaiah 66, 7 to 9 says this. Before Zion travailed, she gave birth. Before her pain came upon her, she was delivered of a male child. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Or shall a nation be brought forth in a moment? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the moment of birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord? Shall I who causes to bring forth shut the womb, says the Lord? In Isaiah 66, 7 to 8, the prophet foreshadowed the rebirth of Israel. And just like the Bible says, it happened in one day. The woman giving birth before going into labor represents Israel. This accurately describes what happened on May 14, 1948, when the world briefly felt sorry for the Jews and returned Israel to them and they were able to declare independence for Israel as a united and sovereign nation for the first time in 2,900 years. During that same day, the United States issued a statement recognizing Israel's sovereignty. And only hours beforehand, a United Nations mandate expired ending British control of the land. During a 24-hour span of time, foreign control of the land of Israel had formally ceased and Israel had declared its independence and its independence was acknowledged by other nations. Modern Israel was literally born in a single day. Isaiah said the birth would take place before there would be labour pains. And that too is precisely what happened. A movement called Zionism began in the 1800s to encourage Jews worldwide to move to Israel, which at that time was called Palestine. Mm -hmm. 
Within hours of the Declaration of Independence in 1948, Israel was attacked by the surrounding countries of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. They were famous. Biblical prophecy is accurate, and it will stay accurate. We must not deviate from the word of God. This is what the Spirit of God is saying to us today in the midst of this. Number two, abundance of raw materials. Do you know what a raw material is? Wood, natural stone, wood, stone, sand, sand, jewels, precious metals. Uh, good. Not good. All went to school. <laughs> it is something that can be used or can be part of whatever the craftsman has in mind. It is in its most useful state. The Lord said to me, there is no limit to what I can do through you. Who's the raw material? <laughs> Are we in our most useful state for the Holy Spirit? That's a question to all of us. Are we in our most useful state for the Holy Spirit? I believe the correct response to what the Spirit of God wants to do is yes or here I am, send me. In the kingdom of God, this speaks of humility, obedience and willingness. This is a question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we in the most useful state for the Holy Spirit? The kingdom of God is wherever the Holy Spirit has influence. He doesn't have influence in the drug addict on the street. He doesn't have influence in a Hindu prime minister. He doesn't have influence there. He doesn't have influence in the heart of the manager of the Bank of England. Unless, of course, that man is saved. Where does he have influence? Where does he have influence? Exactly. So are we in our most useful state for the Holy Spirit? Think about that. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21 says this, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honourable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honourable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. 
If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I say it again. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 119. Now, Paul gave some advice about this situation, about being used by the Spirit of God. In Galatians 5, 16 to 18. Shall I read the message or shall I read the Amplified? Hmm. Amplified. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. So it's possible, you see. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Are you being led today? Are we being led today? Hallelujah. Number three. You will make it through the night. Amen to that. But what is the Spirit of God saying here? What is night and what is day? You will make it through the night, saints. I encourage you. Romans 13, 10 says this. Love does not wrong to one's neighbor, does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. How it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep, rouse to reality for salvation final deliverance is nearer to us now than when we first believed, adhered to, trusted in and relied on Christ the Messiah. It is a critical hour indeed. The night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day not in reveling carousing and drunkenness not in immorality and debauchery sensuality and licentious that's the one not in quarreling and jealousy but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its 
desires and lusts. So in this scripture, Paul is building a sense of urgency about how Christians should live in that moment. That was more than 2,000 years ago in human time. So for us, the moment continues. Our ultimate salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The day of the Lord could come at any time. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. This described moments when the sky turns grey and the birds begin to stir before the sun breaks the horizon. Spiritually, this is sim- the symbolic moment began when death was defeated at the resurrection of Jesus. If we look out of the world, we can see, see that it is still broken by sin. But the clock is ticking. Creation is groaning along with us as we wait for our adoption to be finalised and the redemption of our bodies. Because of the nearing daybreak, we Christians must throw away any works of darkness, any works of darkness, anything that is worthless, belongs to the night and not to the day. We must prepare for the day by putting on armaments of light. The actual Greek root word used here is hoplon, which is also translated as weapon or tool in English. So, This concept is about Christians taking a defensive position against the darkness rather than joining with it. Listen, saints, as Christians, we no longer belong to the night. We are people of the light. and That must change how we live in this critical moment. And this is what the Holy Spirit is saying today. He's saying, you will make it through the night. Okay, you will make it through the night. All right, where are we now? So number four. I've heard it all before. (laughs) When they said this, I just laughed. God knows everything about us. He's heard it all before. Now, that's not arrogance. That is for us to rest assured. Deji, whatever the issue, I've heard it all before, son. Whatever the enemy, I've heard it all before. God knows all the schemes of the enemy and all the weapons he uses against us. But no matter what weapon the enemy uses against us, it will not prosper. 
I've heard it all before, he says. Psalm 139 says this, O Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. You know my downsitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. God can read your mind at a distance. You sift and search out my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways for there is not a word in my tongue still uttered but behold O Lord you know it all together you have beset me and shut me in behind and before and you have laid your hand upon me Your infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high above me. I cannot reach it. Where could I go from your spirit? Or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, the place of the deaf, behold, you are there. I've heard it all before, CCF. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is omnipresent, present everywhere. He sees, hears, and knows all things. Ecclesiastics 1.9 says, The thing that has been, it is what will be again. And that which has been done is that which will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. I've seen it all before, says the Lord. He's seen it all before. Do not concern yourself. God has seen it all before. There is no new problem that you can bring to him that he's scratching his head about the solution. There's no new adversary or enemy that is too powerful for you that he doesn't know about. He cannot make you less than a conqueror for you are already more than conquerors. In him who loved you. That's why he sits on his throne and laughs. He holds his enemies in derision. If God before you, then who can be against you? Number five, looking forward like nothing else before. You must forget what has gone behind you and look forward. This is so crucial. Revelations 22, 12 to 13 says, Behold, I am coming soon and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me to repay and render to each one just what his own actions 
and his own work merit. Now, this is not about works. It's about reward. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the before all and the end of all. And he is going to bring his reward and wages. So what are these rewards? I mean, Holy Spirit is wanting to encourage us. He's wanting us to look forward because he knows what we're going to see in the near time, the near future. And he's saying, look beyond it and look forward into the eternity of eternities. Look at your reward. <clears throat> so what rewards are you talking about, Lord? Let's, let's, let's have a look at some of these. Victor, did you know you had a crown? <laughs> victor's crown the victor's crown of righteousness 2nd Timothy 4 7 to 8 I have fought the good worthy honourable and noble fight I have finished the race and have kept firmly held the faith as to what remains henceforth there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness for being right with God and doing right, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me and recompense me on that day, on that great day. And not to me only, but also to all those who have loved and yearned for and welcomed his appearing, his return. Victor's crown of righteousness. Crown of life, James 1, 12. Loving God under trials. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Suffer well, sister. Suffer well, brother. The crown of life awaits you. Crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, 3 to 4. Not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial and overbearing persons over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns and models of Christian living to the flock, the congregation. And then when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. Anyone in leadership, listen up. The crown of glory. Let's have one more here. Ah, oh, the incorruptible crown. 1 Corinthians 9, 22 to 27. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. 
Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So beat yourselves into subjection. Discipline your body. Have self-control. Then the incorruptible crown awaits you. Okay, so this, those are the things that the Holy Spirit wanted to highlight to us. I can see why. So the Spirit of God said this, pay attention for I am bringing you out of your circumstances so that you can serve me. Bringing you out of your circumstances. Some of us are in circumstances which deny us a life of serving God. Make it difficult for us to be used in the way that we should. And God knows this. And he's saying, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. There is no one in my kingdom that is redundant. Nobody. John 15, 3 to 6. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, He's thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. That does not apply to anyone here. Pay attention, the Lord says. I am bringing you out of your circumstances so that you can serve me. Just a few more here to encourage you. The Spirit of God said, I have waited for many seasons to bring the drought to an end. Can you not see the cloud approaching? Listen, saints. Can you not hear the sound of rain? The rain is coming. The rain is coming. One person believes it. (laughs) 
The rain is coming. I've been told to tell you, the rain is coming. 1 Kings 18, 42. So Ahab went to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. <coughs> now it happened in the meantime that the sky began, became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. A heavy rain. The Lord is saying, join with my will and my purpose for this house. Rain is coming. I'm telling you, rain, rain is coming. Okay. He says, prepare the ground, prepare your ground for rain, much rain. It's about being expectant. You must all be expectant. Keep looking. I want you to build your excitement and hunger for my spirit. Keep looking. Keep looking for the cloud. Keep looking for the sign. Lord, where's the rain? Where's the rain? Where's the rain? Where's the rain, Lord? Make your life receptive to what the Holy Spirit is coming to do. I've said it now and I'm not taking it back. The rain is coming. Call it revival. Call it, call it whatever. Just expect it. And then finally, the Lord said this. He said to me, he said, look, did you tell them that I am very eager to see all of them trust me and mature for I can do much more in the atmosphere of complete faith? Much more. The Lord is wanting to do a new thing. He's wanting to do a complete thing. And it depends on us. So I want to encourage you, okay? I want to encourage you that you are an abundance of raw material for the Lord. There is no limit to what he can do through you. There is no limit. There is precision in the spirit. The word of God is the truth and it is to be believed. Okay. You will make it through the night. You will. We will. He's heard it all before. He's not phased by anything we bring to his door. He's got it all covered. Look forward. There are many crowns that await us.
There are many crowns that await us. I'm going to leave it there. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, it is not by might, nor is it by power, but it is by your spirit, Lord. The spirit of the Lord comes to glorify the name of the Son, just like the Son comes to glorify the name of the Father. We are the temple for the Holy Spirit. If we do not allow our lives to be consecrated unto him, what kind of temple is that? Lord, we refuse to share ourselves with the world. We belong to Jesus. Fill us to the overflow afresh and keep filling us. Arise and shine, says the Lord, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. But you have to stand up. Give us the strength in our legs to stand, Lord, the boldness in our character to step forward. Don't relent, Lord, until you have it all. We thank you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 